Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Everybody, welcome to another episode of the HP Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. Here with me, the beautiful boys, Brandon. Hello. And Ben. Greetings, sire. Ben, it's, it, well, you know what? Well. I said Ben, but I meant Brandon. Ben, it's not good to have you back because you're here every week. Brandon, it's good to have you back. It Wait. feels good but to be back. But it's been a week. What? I'm back. It's only been a week, Ben. I've barely seen you. It's true. I was gone over the long weekend. You don't yeah. know. I might have been gone, too. Yeah. I know you were crying. No. Oh. <laughs> well, it's like, I'm so happy Dustin's not here. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's okay. Yeah. I'll just, I'll take it like a man. Uh, this is the, <laughs> this is the HP <laughs> podcast, uh, your weekly gaming podcast from handsomephantom.com. We're so happy you're here with us listening to the show. It means a lot. Uh, a way that you can help out the show, if you're already a, a, a friend of the show, is to subscribe to us on iTunes and, of course, leave us a rating and review there if you haven't already make sure to do that seriously okay if you're listening right now on an iphone pause the podcast open the itunes or the podcast store because like it's already on your phone you can't get rid of it and just leave us a review real quick real real easy so how's everybody doing right off the bat i'm doing really good yeah yeah it's um it's a weird week for me like It's just I got a lot of weird things happening this week Mm. as far as like different appointments and stuff. But it's nice because I'm not like too busy, but I'm busy enough that I stay motivated. Yeah. So it's good. Well, that's good. I'm doing really deep for you. Well, yeah, I was really deep. I also uh, was up till uh, after four o'clock playing Apex Legends with Brandon and had to get up at seven. So that'll do it. Yeah. I actually had to get up at six thirty. Brandon's acting like a tired little bitch right now, but he just woke up. Yeah, I was just up since seven. Did you not go to your haircut? You had a haircut. I did, but then I went back to sleep and was like, I'll get up. I got some like dishes to do. I got to fold laundry. And then I just like was like, no, I'm asleep. And then I, you know, turned off all my alarms and slept till almost two. In fact, I'm lucky I'm here right now because by the grace of God, I woke Mm. up before (laughs) two. (laughs) I had a nice, lovely weekend away Uh visiting uh, my parents and friend of the show and handsome fam editor, Kevin Lucas. Wow. Shout out. Luke X. Luke X. Yes. I know it's Lucas. 
Yeah. But I always say Luke X when I read it. <laughs> that's, he pro- I wonder how often he gets that. He probably gets it all probably. the time. I know it's not Luke X, but yeah. that's what I like to say when I read it in my yeah. head. And how many people mispronounce your name? My name? Yeah, your last name. Surprisingly, more than you would think. Wow. I get a lot of Smythes. Smythes? Yes. Is there an E, bitch? Good Lord. What? Smythe? Smith? Smith. How Damn. would you um, How would you even get Smythe from that, though? I think it actually was Smythe mm. at one point. Not my name, but, like, the, the origination of it and different dialects did say Smythe. Like, but I'm talking, like, 1600s Ireland. Yeah. Not... 2019 America, like yeah. we know what Smith wow. is now. Yeah, huh. sorry, people are wow are crazy. And sometimes I'll say my name, and maybe it's just because I'm really bad at pronouncing things. But I'll say Ben, and they're like Mark. I'm like, yeah, there was a K in there. Okay, wow, yeah, I get I get Brian all the time. They just hear Brian? like Brian. I, I'll say my name is Brandon, and I get I think they just hear the first two, the yeah. B and the R, and, the N. and then they run with it, and they're like, oh, Brian. My problem with my name is it's part of a trilogy of names, the Austin, Justin, Dustin trilogy. Uh-huh. Wow. I like to think I have the best of the three. Wow. But I don't know. I, it, mine's definitely the least common, I would say. My middle name is Austin, so I would tend to think that that's the best one. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> it's at least excusable, though. It's at least excusable. Ben. Yeah. What would you dream of this week? So this week, I have really gotten deep into Apex Legends. Mm. Mm. And what I'm dreaming of, though, is not just about playing it, because I get to play it a, a decent bit, especially with Brandon. What I'm dreaming about is getting get good. <laughs> get sure thing. At this good, point, bitch. I'm like level 27, which is, I think, pretty good for how much I've played. I haven't played as much. There's people level 100, whatever. They're playing way more than me. I know that. They're also way better than me. Yeah. But I have uh, no idea, other than playing with Brandon and, and getting some XP that way because I am really, really good at all the support features. Like I can throw gas out. I can heal people. I can do all the special things that everybody can do. I can even spot people like crazy when yeah. it comes to actually shooting them and killing them. No, I can even do some damage, mm. but killing them. Not my thing. I have a suggestion. What? You may have already thought of this. Yeah. And it might not work. Okay. Pick up Titanfall two. play some Titanfall two multiplayer. Titanfall 2. Maybe if you play the multiplayer, yeah. you'll have ample time to practice shooting at people. But how would that be different than because they can shoot back at me? How would well, that be different than just saying you Apex. get used to well, also, that 30, you know, 15 to 30 seconds of one on one combat over and over and over instead yeah. of Apex that's once twice. Oh, per I round. get what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've always thought that with Fortnite. I was like, I just need to get good at the, the actual combat. Right. And I don't have you only have so many opportunities to do that. I need right. to start diving in and we're talking too. we're probably talking too much about Apex Legends, but we need no. to I need to start diving into like hot spots more often. I don't like doing that because I like to get like at least a couple guns. Yeah, or, I mean, a couple guns, get some ammo, get a shield and then hit it. But I probably just need to like dive into the blue zone and yep. throttle people right. or get throttled and learn how not to get throttled. over and over. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, honestly, the best part about that game is killing people. Like, I don't even care about winning. If I get a bunch of kills, that's the best part. So that's that's what I like to do. Yeah. Brandon, what are you dreaming about? Um, I'm dreaming about all kinds of things. That's not a good answer for this show. I know. I need one. I'm the not, most important I'm dream. I'm not done. I had a dream about my cat. Oh, no. God rest his soul. R.I.P. I miss that furry fucker. Mm. 
but I dream about him, so that was bittersweet. Um, I'm also dreaming about a world where video games are not rolled by corporate overlords. Excuse me. Whoa. What are you referring to specifically? Who would they be ruled by? Well, you know, for the longest time, it was fun to shit on EA. Mm -hmm. Right? Has Activision dethroned EA as the new shit lord? Um, well, Brandon, we had a long conversation about Activision on this last HP podcast. So I I don't want to retread. Yeah. But uh, I don't know. I don't think Activision, I mean, on a... Uh, labor level, sure. What happened happened, but if we're talking about a business like selling you shit that you don't need right. or trying to be heinous about it, I don't know if they're any worse worse than anybody else as far on that level of publishing. I still think it's like I think more right now. My shit list is Ubisoft, yeah, and that ten dollar XP boost. That yeah. they did for Assassin's Creed. Yeah. Did that bother you? Yes. Because I, I wanted it. I heard people who played the game without it and then played it again, or at least a portion of it again with it, who said it didn't really bother them with, that they didn't have it in the first playthrough. Yeah. It all depends on what level of Assassin's Creed you want to dive in. Right. I was like, I just want to play through this, enjoy some of the story, get a feel for the mechanics, and that's it. I just wanted to, like... Dip my toes in enough to play the game. How much of it did you play, by the way? Like three hours or oh, less. Wow. Yeah. So that wouldn't have even benefited you at that point then. No, but I feel like I would have felt like I was getting further along, mm. which is what I needed. So <laughs> I don't know. What are you dreaming about? For me? Well, hmm, I have two, but I want to only stick to one since that's what I try to tell you guys. You let me do two a couple weeks ago. Okay, I'll do two. They're both very gaming related. Number one, I'm dreaming of winning in Tetris 99. I'm getting very frustrated, and I almost don't know how I feel about the game anymore. Yeah. Because it is so... There there is obviously an element of skill to anything, but Tetris 99, there's a huge element of luck that I do not like. I posted this on Twitter over the weekend, started around, and I had seven people attacking me, before the timer even went off That's to, crazy. to start the round. I, I survived a bit of time, but there was no winning. Right. And that made me really, really mad. Right. So I don't know. I, I want to keep playing it and I'm going to, but if you win, are you going to retire? I might honestly win one time, retire forever. I've gotten second place like three or four times. Yeah. Now. Yeah. It's always against some like Tetris pro. Of right. Course. Wow. <laughs> Um, my other dream is I, I might have mentioned this last week. I'm so heavy into Hitman 2016 right now. Yeah. And I've I've put a decent not a de- I mean, a decent amount of hours for sure. But I've only really played the first three levels. Uh-huh. I've been playing them over and over and over and doing all the different awesome stuff. Yeah. And uh, I feel like I've only scratched the surface. We've only just begun. Well, so my dream for the audience is that they would download it for free on PlayStation Plus. It's a good call. Check it out. Now, guys, you think we'd be going to headlines. We got a second icebreaker for this game. A new segment. Maybe it's every week. Maybe it's not. I want to see what you guys think about it. I hate it already. This segment is called (laughs) this week's very serious question. Okay, I'm going to ask you both a question. Now, it's called the very serious question, but the question itself is not serious. Well, but the rule is you must take 
the question seriously okay and answer me seriously all right it's not necessarily gaming might be nonsensical <laughs> it's not even lo- it's not even life or death <laughs> no not at all my question this week is in terms of geography which state is more likely to be america's penis texas or florida go wow now you going first yeah okay so this is a very easy question dustin okay you know, just based upon the location in relation to America, you know, we're obviously facing our original colonies that we broke off from Europe. Sure. The the shape, I don't want to think about Texas entering Mexico. You know, I don't want oh, to think no. about that. No, no, no. You know, I'd like to think, you know, the little phallus dangling in the ocean down there in Florida. Yeah. Got some little spermies in the keys, you know. I can't argue. Is this arguable? No, I don't think so. Ben, good luck. Well, see, Brandon says it is the same end result as me, but I have a different reason. Wow. A little bit. And and his is purely based on a uh, a geographical representation on a map or a globe. I was going to say that. Hold on. Bring that up. Which, at the end of this conversation. No, you, no, I didn't interrupt you. You can't interrupt me. And so. Well, his answer is is good, even the, the little thing about the keys being a really good analogy. I lived in Florida, and let me tell you, everything about it is is like a penis. Mm. I mean, it's kind of too hot and sticky sometimes when you don't want it to be. Does it stink? It, it does sometimes. stink. Sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. But not all the time. <laughs> um, sometimes things just get a little crazy down there with hurricanes, you know? Wow. And that just kind of reminds me of some of the stuff that can happen down below. Sure. Um, but mostly I would say that we're, we're looking at also the whole political system down there. It's so messed up because you got people coming in from all over the place, invading, <laughs> invading the area that aren't supposed to be there. You don't want that stuff. You want to keep it clean and pure. Right. So, and by, the, by invading, let me just be very clear. I don't mean immigration. Yes. I mean, you got all the old people. Yes. I'm fine well, with immigration, but you got all these old people going down there and living, messing everything up. Well, Ben, I'm I'm glad that you took that angle to this question. Uh-huh. But just reminder, the question was from a geographical standpoint. Yeah. So you took a more um, within like what the states are about. And I appreciate that. Yeah. Ben, but but geographical doesn't just necessarily mean true uh, from like how it looks. It yes. also means where it is. But if it if it's, it if it looks like a duck. And it quacks like a duck. It's a penis. Well, look, my answer was already Florida. <laughs> Seriously, hey, don't laugh. My answer was already Florida, and since you took, a, a, you know, a whatever answer for Florida, I had to come up with a different approach. I have to chime in slightly on my own question now that I've heard your answer. Is that legal? It is, because it's my show. He's got right? to take, so take it serious. Hey, this is our show. It's, it's our your show. Question. This is my, I'm leading this, this segment. I lead these segments. I can decide if I answer. Wow. Here's the answer. If you look at Texas... In the context of North America, it is no longer phallic. Right. It is connected directly to Mexico, right. and it loses the point. Yeah, yeah. Florida, it don't matter how you look at it. Right. It's a it's a bulge from America's down under. Right. Therefore, more penis like. Florida is the correct answer. Now, That's moreover, answer. is Louisiana the balls? Who's who's the balls? There's only a few news items this week, but they're all pretty big potential. One big bombshell. Let's start out with that. After 15 years, Reggie Fisame, who is the uh, president 
of Nintendo of America, our father, our father, who are in Seattle, is bidding farewell to Nintendo. He is retiring uh, and will be gone by just within a couple months. I, yeah, there's an exact date, but, but shortly. So he is he's retiring, saying farewell. And we got a new president, a new boy in town, and that is Doug Bowser will be taking over Nintendo of America. Well, see, the thing about Reggie leaving is that he's not really leaving if you keep him in your heart. It's never goodbye. Well, it really it really isn't goodbye. And did you guys watch the video that was posted? Yes. His farewell. Yes. Wow. Honestly, I mean, I didn't tear up, but I felt a lot of feels on the inside. It's funny because I haven't been as closely like associated with Reggie until the last probably five years as maybe other people have. But I also felt that like welling feeling of pride and mm-hmm. joy for him. Not not like sadness, but like this is emotional and I don't even know the guy. Yeah. Yeah. I just like the memes, man. Yeah. And I like how towards the end of his career tenure, let's say he uh, he was embracing the meme. Oh, yeah. He lived yeah. the meme, you know, and it, and it was just great. And, you know, it's fantastic. He came out on top. I think it's the best way he could have came out, you know. I was thinking about his career. He came in uh, during the GameCube era. Yeah. And his career had so many ups and downs, right? So leading the charge on the DS, huge up. Obviously, the Wii is a, you know, monstrous, like record-breaking, amazing time for his career. 3DS is started very poorly, uh, which they eventually got that ship turned around. Uh, I'm sure with a lot of his leadership as far as that. And then Wii U, we all know how that went. Flop NATO. And then now with the Switch, he's able, like you said, Brandon, able to leave strong. So... You talk about the 3DS? Yeah. I have seen Reggie since then. I've even been within like five feet of Reggie since then. But the only time I ever actually met Reggie and talked to him was when the 3DS was announced. Really? Or not announced, sorry. PAX East 2011 Media Hour. Reggie was at the Nintendo booth. The only thing you could do there was pick up the 3DSs and play with those little cards. Remember those little cards that came yeah, with the 3DS? Yeah, they are cards. And he was like walking around showing people how to do it. I'm like, this is the president of Nintendo mm-hmm. walking around showing us how to use the 3DS. I didn't know you had, had met Reggie. Yeah. Well, I did not know that. I mean, we weren't like buddies or anything, <laughs> yeah. but I've met him, said hello, like... I don't even know if we shook hands, but he certainly spoke to me. I only have one Reggie story. You already, both of you already know this. I've mm. shared this on Twitter, but I want to share with the audience. At E3, our friend Adam Bankhurst, who is a freelance writer for IGN, uh-huh. uh, he's our good friend, and he uh, offered for me to go with him to the Nintendo press booth, right? which was awesome. So we're in the Nintendo press booth. They're figuring out what system we're going to go you know, play on. And down the stairs, Reggie fils with a posse comes down the stairs. We look up and we see him and our eyes light up. Well, he looks down at us and like a jolly Santa like he says, hello, boys. We're <laughs> like, hey, Reggie. And then that well, was it. He thought you were somebody's kid. That's why he, he must have thought that. <laughs> but uh, no, like, this is one of the employees. Kids or something. <laughs> it was uh, it makes it more meaningful now yeah. that that happened, you know, that I had some kind, even even as small as that, some kind of interaction. It's with funny because he rolls with that posse now. Every time I've seen him in recent years, the Game Awards, whatever, he's got that posse with him. Yeah. But 
I don't remember that being the case in 2011. I mean, like I said, it's hmm. the only other frame of reference I have. Yeah. So it's like he achieved the status where you need a posse to well, protect yeah. you. We saw him outside the Game Awards, too. Uh, he had a posse. Yeah. yeah. All the Nintendo, the Nintendo dudes, they roll deep. They, they got do. the gang. They do. They're ready to go, ready to fight. Yeah. Ready to fight the Sony boys Dude, out that, in the street. That isn't like Shu. He had like two guys when we saw him. Yeah. Dude, uh, I think, were you with me at PSX when we saw Kojima? walking by i don't think i was dude i was standing in line somewhere and i see like a wall of like security guys in mm, suits yeah in the middle of this circle of guys little, is kojima, little kojima. Little kojima. <laughs> and i was just like holy shit they've got like this they got it this this is the most important man not only right. in the building but probably in the state right now dude yeah. was was norman Reedus like trying to catch up he might running been. behind yeah miles we Mi- saw him we saw norman Reedus. miles mickelson just that's right somewhere <laughs> so yeah it, it's interesting Brandon, Reggie. I, I just have to stop things real quick brandon has mentioned miles mickelson twice to me in the last 24 hours L- last 16 hours I yo think. he's a handsome man <laughs> and i follow kojima so like you see obviously everything. i obviously i have a bromance yeah by association no someone had edited um instead of whoever plays superman playing the netflix thing they did um miles as Geralt. Geralt, yeah yeah they like photoshopped or like you know did him up and actually pretty dope i'm gonna guess that reggie's career at nintendo it's really interesting because he became president right before this era of social media yeah and the internet and so before then, CEOs were like faceless people that right. you might see an interview in like Business Wire or something like that. Yeah. But to see the president be so actively involved and not only with, um, I guess, just with the the product and the marketing itself. Right. Is really unique. Um, and I feel like he kind of set a precedent for other companies to sort of do the same thing. Before, I mean, obviously, we see like Sean Layden and stuff like that yeah, like, at yeah. um, P- or PSX, E3, whatever. Even Phil Spencer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Now he's at all the Xbox stuff. You know, you watch him. I think specifically of when they announced the PS4 and there was the video with um, Shuhei and Adam Boys with the how do you <laughs> how do you share games yeah. on PS4? <laughs> so. It's interesting to see him be sort of like a pioneer yeah. in that. He's definitely embraced it. And and you have to think that either he has a very deep understanding of popular culture or he has a deep understanding that he needed to hire someone to tell him about popular culture. Right. Yeah. Like it's one or the other. Like he yeah. understands that that's, that's the zeitgeist right now. Yeah. Well, well, and I wonder, it's interesting that the role he took on as this Reggie persona mm-hmm. you want to say is almost humbling yeah and the fact that he's like okay literally for this one promo i'm gonna do the yokai watch dance in a boardroom right have you guys seen that one where he's like yeah. tapping his wrist? <laughs> yeah. like i feel like a lot that would be humiliating to other company presidents yeah. or something dude, they're like no i'm not doing a stupid dance for a commercial that's that's right. ridiculous dude he's nintendo dad that's what he is he's just like no shame so let's talk about Bowser. Okay. Doug Bowser is taking over. Wow. So from 
everyone who knows this guy, it seems like Nintendo is going to be in very good hands. Yeah. And by the way, I don't think Reggie's gone forever. Oh, no. I think Reggie will continue to be like almost like an elder statesman, you know, a retired president. And will probably end up being something somewhere else, a consultant at least of some kind. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Moving on to Bowser. Doug Bowser used to be the head of marketing, I believe, in Nintendo. Personally groomed for the job. Yeah. But from Reggie. Mm-hmm. So we don't know a, a ton about this guy, but he seems to have he's totally fine to be in on the joke. Yeah. About his name, which I think is already telling that he is willing to take on this. He's never going to be Reggie. Right. No. But I think that he is willing to take on that kind of role. Yeah. So do you guys think that does Nintendo need to find a new person like that? I don't know that he won't be like that. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's played into the memes before. Uh, he's fun on stage when you've uh, the few times I've seen him. Um, I think he like you said, he has a good understanding of. Uh, the the culture around Nintendo. He's been with them for a long time, but he's also seems like really smart. I mean, if he's head of marketing, give me a break. Yeah, guy's got it. He's he knows what's up. And I don't think he's been head of marketing for a very maybe. I think it's like last three years or something. Yeah. So like obviously the switch, the marketing behind the switch. Yeah. I mean the switch markets itself in a way. Right. But still like no, it doesn't because I guarantee. I mean you're okay. It does. I'm not yeah. disputing that, but. If it had not been for some of those commercials, I would not have been interested in the Switch, honestly. Because yeah. it sounds stupid when you just talk about You're like, it's a little screen with two handles on it. Yeah. And you use the handles to control it. And it's not as powerful as a PlayStation. And it's not as powerful. And sometimes you can have it in your hand. And sometimes you can put it under your TV. And um, you won't be able to play it like the newest, newest cool games from AAA publishers. But you'll still like it. I'm like, no, that wouldn't appeal to me. Yeah. If it hadn't been for some of that marketing. That was right. Done. It's interesting now thinking about Nintendo as well. We've had a, almost a complete turnover with we have a new overall president in Japan with uh, Furukawa, uh-huh. I believe. Um, now that uh, rest in peace, um, name is slipping my mind. The last president. Iwata. Iwata, yes. Um, so and now we're getting a new American president. Yeah. So well. I wonder I don't I feel like this isn't anything bad for nintendo though no i think it could be i mean nintendo's strong it's going to continue going forward i've never seen or heard anything from this bowser guy that makes me think the the brand and the progress is in trouble unlike the new president of sony but yeah uh that's a different story entirely (laughs) um but yeah i think it's good i think it'll be fun yeah no i think that honestly the trajectory that reggie left will be enough that even if there's like a bumpy start that He's set up for success. You know what I mean? Especially if he's been groomed. So, And we all know that like the president does a lot, means a lot, makes a lot of changes. But it's the people they surround themselves with that right. make the, the real changes. Right. Like that's the real thing. So um, if Bowser's a smart guy, he'll do the same thing. Yeah. And honestly, will Reggie ever kick that guy's ass? He did. <laughs> he they, Well, no, he didn't. He did a year later at the Nintendo World Championship. Uh, he did do a do a match with him on Smash. He lost very badly. But will he ever kick his ass? He, I don't, he maybe said he, he did. He promised. He maybe probably owned him on stage, and then Reggie took him out back and beat the shit out of that's him. That's why Reggie's going into retirement. He's he's brushing up on Smash Ultimate. That's right. He will come back. 
He will. And he'll he's going to kick your though, ass. And he's going to kick your ass. No, right. if he's going to be really competitive, he's got to play melee. That's the real dude. He's going to be a Jigglypuff main. Him and Hungry Boxer going at it. The last thing I want to say about Reggie is that I'm just glad that he's clearly leaving on the best of terms. Yeah. He's worked in probably insane the last 15 years. Yeah. I imagine that like every day, insane hours, um, not a lot of time with your family. And so the fact that he is able to step away now, leave Nintendo in a good place and retire, I wish him nothing but the best. Here's what I want to say. Yeah. One, I hope he gets a Twitter account now. Yes. Because he didn't have one. And I think him interacting, granted, not as Nintendo president, but would be really cool now. Two, I made the, I made a, a pun, and I hate puns, but I made a pun that I thought was really great. And it was and nobody liked it on Twitter. Mm, it, I don't remember. It, it was so long and thanks for all the gifts to Reggie, you uh, know, because yes. all the gifts and all the all the like. And, and it was like nobody even paid attention. Dang it. It was probably just I, I'm sure everybody would have loved it. It was just eaten up in all their other news <laughs> about Reggie. Guys, I got a really interesting story for you. This comes from a website I never heard of, but other people seem to vouch for it. It's like a Microsoft-focused website called Thurit.com. Thurot.com. Okay. So the summary of the article is that from what they can tell, Microsoft is working on basically that your PC will play Xbox One games. Yeah. Not just PC ports. Right. That the idea is you'll eventually be able to pop in an Xbox One disc into your PC. I should probably get a CD drive hooked up. Potentially, yes. So this was a little section from their article. For a few months, I'd been hearing that Microsoft was working to bring Xbox and the Microsoft Store experience closer together. This appears to be part of the Game Core strategy that... Uh, that is designed to make it significantly easier to bring Xbox games to the PC. Granted, the challenges today of bringing a PC and Xbox game using the same assets is significantly easier than the last generation, but Microsoft wants to make it a streamlined process for maximum value for developers to support both platforms. Hmm. Yeah. So I want to tie this in with another story, unless you got a comment right off the bat. I just want to say that for me, and that, I mean, I've been a Mac user primarily for the last five years, and it's only been within the last year that I've had a PC that I've really used very often. And I still forget that Microsoft is Xbox and Xbox is Microsoft. Like, yeah, th- they've never done a, what I thought was a good job, even with like the notifications on the Xbox on your PC and everything of like making me feel like it was a cohesive uh, community at all. I want to tie this in and then we can talk about it as a whole. There was a rumor just last week that was confirmed by it was originally on direct feed games. And then Game Informer chimed in and said, hey, we've heard this, too. The rumor is Nintendo Switch Mm -hmm. is getting Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. And they will be getting the Game Pass games as a streaming as part of Microsoft's X Cloud. Mm hmm. And they're also looking at bringing their smaller titles that would run natively on a Switch, like Ori in the Blind Forest or Cuphead, right. to the Switch natively. Crazy. You, know, you want to know something? What's up? If I'd probably get rid of my Xbox. Yeah? Honestly, yeah, there wouldn't be a whole lot of reason to play it at that point. I can understand why you would keep one. There's certainly better graphics. There's better, like, you could actually have the games 
native and you don't have to stream them, whatever. But for me, like my Xbox of my of the three systems of my four systems, including the PC, I guess my Xbox gets used the least. Yeah. And so if I could do what I want to do, which is basically play new games that I've never played before. Right. On the Xbox. If I could do that on the Switch or the PC only and it's better. I just. I'm having a hard time understanding that. Like trying to think of Forza, even streaming to the Switch seems really weird. What's weird about it? Well, just doesn't seem like it should be possible. I mean, there. Are, this isn't any kind of new. Yeah, they already. I know. That. It just it it just is is I don't know. I with like um, PlayStation Now and stuff. Like I never really did the whole streaming thing. The only thing that I've ever done is I did Game Pass that once. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it for me personally, it definitely is a little, little bit of a weirder. But more. Game Pass, you still like have the game on your system. It's just a, it's basically like a Netflix, right? Except you're not streaming, I guess. But right. um, more like Amazon Prime, I guess. Then right. because you can buy yeah. stuff. But still, just yeah, it's an interesting concept. For the me. the problem I have with it with that idea is that even if it's very microscopic. There is some lag. No matter how fast your internet connection, no matter how fast your your hardware that you're using, there is an input lag of microscopic amount that does, like on games like Cuphead, it is everything. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Even so, probably the best example of streaming yet has been that Google um, Google streaming, whatever, with Assassin's Creed they did for the beta people. Yeah. I would agree, and I I got to check it out. I would agree that it was the best example of low lag. Yeah, but still, there, there was something. There was still something there, and it at times looked compressed. Yeah, it was not like a full. Agreed. That was a beta. Still, yes, but, it was a beta. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know if the technology has not proven itself to me yet, and it's certainly not going to be able to be widespread. Yeah. yeah, there are people st- who still have DSL, and they're, the thing is, if it's on the Switch, it's going to be using the Switch's uh, Wi-Fi. Yeah, which is well, yeah, trash. that's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. It's so maybe it, that's the new version. We're gonna unless see. there was a more consistent version of wireless. I mean, the 2.4 and the 5 gigahertz network, even on PlayStation, can be incredibly inconsistent, and it could have absolutely nothing to do with your network. If you live in an apartment complex, it's probably going to be virtually impossible if you're trying to go off of Wi-Fi and you're trying to stream these games. So there's so many factors, and that's why Wi-Fi is so difficult. And that's why it's so perplexing to me that, you know, there ha- there's so many variables that can fuck up your gaming, and it has nothing to do with you sometimes. So mm-hmm. that's just... Let's weird. let's take the technical issues out of the equation. Love it. Let's say game streaming works perfectly. Uh-huh. What is the long game here? I can't. I don't know. I don't know the big overarching plan except for Microsoft sees the value in the Switch because how many copy, how many hardware units it's sold. They understand that the user base is at an attach rate. Uh, that I don't even remember the number, but it's huge. Like almost everyone is buying eight or nine or ten games for every system they sell. Uh, I think Switch or Nintendo sees the value in Microsoft because one, it's Microsoft. They have like infinite money, basically. Um, I guess Nintendo does to some to an extent. Um, two, they've got the internet thing figured out. They've got the hardware thing figured out. It's it's advantageous for both companies. And 
you saw the reactions when they're working together on something like Fortnite or on Rocket League or uh, even on Minecraft. You know, they're working together um, pretty heavily. People love it. That's yeah. only going to engender goodwill. Yeah. Also, I feel like Microsoft doesn't have anything that's a direct. I mean, not not really anybody does right now have something that's like a direct <coughs> competition to it. Like if Microsoft had some sort of handheld that was even semi-similar, I, would, I wouldn't see them doing this move. But they don't, and I don't think they're interested in that. So they see the value in this thing that's already doing amazing. And yeah. you know, I mean, there's no competition. They're, they're, I don't think they're trying to put out a handheld. They've they made that clear. I mean, they're yeah. they're they're steering towards the PC market pretty much. Mm. So you have to assume that Microsoft is thinking, well, the people aren't going to have like they're us the switch for most hardcore gamers or whatever core gamers is a secondary device. Yeah, it's or if. I don't want to say secondary like it's not um, as important as someone's Xbox, but they are going to have both. Right. They're going to have one and the other. Yeah. A lot of these core gamers, they're not going to have just a switch. Right. Right. So maybe they're not thinking about it on a competition like that, but it's a way for the people that maybe they it's a family that does just have switch. Yeah. It's a way for them to get them in the Xbox ecosystem. Well, yeah. I mean, you look at the projected sales, the estimated sales of the Xbox One. And while that's nothing to sneeze at, it's nowhere near the PlayStation 4. So you're looking at, if I can not sell someone hardware, and we know traditionally in the past, hardware at first and probably even later into the life cycle doesn't actually make them any money. There have been instances where people have lost money on hardware because they knew they were going to make it up on accessories and games and things like that. But if you have people not buying the hardware at all because of whatever reason, then they're not buying the software either or the accessories. So if you can say, hey, you have a system that can play the games we're making and we're going to make a bunch of money off the games, which is what we wanted to do anyway, then why wouldn't you do that? Yeah, I was going to say, it even sets them up for the future. Get your IPs out there. You know, when Cuphead 2 comes out, if someone that only has a Switch has only been able to watch things about it, you know what I mean? It's just like... I don't know. There's no losing for both companies. There is nothing bad that, you know, they're not direct competition hardware wise or software wise. You know, like it did. It's just smart. The thing that that I find troublesome or what doesn't make sense is that Xbox is taking priority off of its own hardware. Yeah. And putting priority on the Xbox as a platform. Right. Right. But. It doesn't seem to quite make sense in aspect. It's like, okay, for what software, though? Well, yeah. What's the software that's on the Xbox platform that you really can't get anywhere else that's essential? Yeah. Nothing right now. Right now, no. Right now. But the only thing that I keep having hope in is how they gobbled up all of them studios. Mm-hmm. Remember that? What was that at, at E3? Yeah. Yeah, but what are they, they going to do with them? I mean, they could easily say, make well, these games, and we're going to put them on the Switch, too. Yeah. So I will say something that would be appealing to me. I don't know if it would get me to not buy games on PS4. It would make me consider if I bought a game for Xbox and I could play it, if I could pop that disc into my PC Uh or I could play it on my Xbox or you could play it on your Switch or I could play it on my Switch. That's mighty tempting. Yeah. 
like that would actually be really interesting beyond just Xbox Game Pass. Yeah. But it's like, hey, if you have this game registered to your account, mm-hmm. yeah, you like, can you can stream it. Yeah, to like your Switch. Yeah, like play it everywhere. You know, kind of like how the Xbox and the Microsoft do now, but just like add Switch to that. Yeah. Equation. That'd be more difficult because you'd have to have it digitally registered instead of physically, because otherwise you could just rent games and get them for three dollars. They could maybe do something that it's like, okay, you have to have your Xbox on and it's like authenticates there's a disc in the tray or right. something and yeah. you can't switch it out maybe something like that it'd probably be just digital though yeah still i mean it's an it's, it's an, an interesting idea, idea. i'm sure you they can figure I mean? it out yeah it just makes me curious i guess there aren't a lot of like multi-platform games that are like okay it's coming to switch and xbox like you wouldn't nintendo it almost seemed like they'd be shooting themselves in the foot if if some kind of functionality like that it's like well of course, I'd buy it on Xbox instead of the Switch. Right. But it seems like cases like that would be few and far in between. I would think yeah. so. So, But you do start seeing, like, Hellblade's coming to Nintendo. That's a Microsoft studio now. I know it wasn't yeah. originally. But. Yeah. It's a studio, but I don't know if Microsoft owns that IP. Now. They probably they may not own the IP. You're right. Though, if the studio owned the IP and they bought the studio. Yeah. I don't see why they wouldn't have owned the IP. Was, wasn't it self-published? Yeah, you're right. So I guess Microsoft would own yeah. Hellblade then. So, man, I love Cuphead on the Switch. That would be great. Just on a personal note. Yeah. I would definitely buy it again to yeah. play it on Switch. I would too. But Crackdown might be more enticing on the Switch. How? I don't know. It just feels like I'm, I'm willing to accept a lower quality game on the Switch, to be honest. I don't mm-hmm. know. Interesting. I accepted it on the Xbox One and my PC, all right? Oh, God. Injected into your veins. The only thing though. I like is Terry Crews. Though then you would not like the game because he's not in it that much. Well, he's in the advertising. Okay, next thing here. Let's move on if you guys are all right with that. I don't care. Do whatever you want. Fallout 76 released a roadmap for their 2019 content. It's called, there's three different sections for spring, summer, and fall. Uh, Wild Appalachia, Nuclear Winter, and Wastelanders. The new features include survival, vault raids, new quests, and a new mode called Nuclear winter and i thought you were going to say they released a roadmap and at the end of the road there was just a cliff yeah well, that's what <laughs> that's my question i don't even care about the content yeah is there a future for fallout 76 at this point no there has to be i i don't think there is i agree that there isn't with you brandon but if they're releasing all this like if they have this plan for all this content there comes a point when you're like, we have enough people we could bring back in with new content. You, you get some of that. But if, unless you have people who are actively currently engaged, then you do not pursue this. Because I, the, the, the sure thing is better than the maybe. So they still sold millions of copies of that game. That's my thing. I think they're thinking we have to do this even if nobody plays it. Well, that, we have to support this game for at least a year. It's the pride thing, too. I mean, like that that's exactly what I think is that, you know, not only was it the amount of copies you sold, but it was the selling it of it on stage. Yeah. You know, the headlines that would come up if six months into it, they just cut all the support free to play Bethesda cuts support for game that they rave and then there would be like fucking gifts of todd howard saying it just works and you know like they would just get ran through the mud so i mean they're just i think they're just taking the l and are just gonna like put on uh you know to save face and i don't know 
honestly, I, I'm not concerned with the content, and I can't speak a lot to it because I haven't played it in a while, and I'm sure it's better. But I just want the performance to be better, and that's an issue that's always plagued Bethesda games. Yeah, I just want it to work better, and then let's worry about the content. It seems to be extra heinous, though, for... Yeah, like, I, I agree. It makes it extremely hard to play when it's crashing and the servers are, are going dead, and... I actually had just read like last week about the economy issues because of the duping glitch. Like all the servers were all screwed up because of the economy. Like people were worried to trade with other players that had duped items because they were going to get banned. And the guy, there was like a guy who put more time in than anyone else in the world. And he was so good at the game and had all the items that Bethesda banned him because they thought he was like a, you know, someone who's doing duping and stuff. Wow. I heard it was eventually reversed. But well, still, yeah, it just seems like a lot of uh, a lot of weird things surrounding. Are so the numbers? Are there actually numbers out as far as sales for that game? I don't know. I'm sure there are somewhere, but that game sold a lot of copies. Oh yeah. So you have to imagine as many of us as there are, like the three of us who have, I think we've all played it. Yeah. Who have played it, didn't like it, don't care to go back. We got other stuff to play. As much as as many as there are of us, there are. A couple times more people who are having a fine time with it. That's their one game they're going to buy for the year, their massive game. Because there are people who buy like one or two games a year and that's what they play all year. And that's fine. That's great. Um, so like there are people out there still playing this game positively. Here's the thing that I also want to mention is that sure, whatever you want to say about the quality of the content, whether you think it's fun or not. Yeah, I don't care. The truth is, you're right, is there are people out there still enjoying this game, and they at the very least are owed a stable product. Right. Which, from my understanding, it's still not there. The server crashes, the amount of bugged and glitched quest lines, yeah. the the duping problems with the, with the failed economy of each server, like, it's, it's owed to at least those people. Right. Right. And, yeah, I don't know. Let's change the subject to something a little more cheery for this podcast <laughs> topic of the show. We don't need to make this long because I don't know how much we have to say about it. But Anthem mm. came out last Friday. A little more cheery, huh? A little more cheery. <laughs> and it appears that it has already really kind of crashed and burned. Yeah. And I just want to get with you guys. What vibes are you picking up? What are you thinking? Like overall. So I played the demo. Yeah. Um, for probably, I don't know, eight hours, maybe something like that. And for me, I didn't really have much problem with the load screens or anything else like that. Like the things that everybody was complaining about mostly because I understood it was pre-release. Maybe there'd be some patches, whatever. It's still annoying, but whatever. The problem I had was I played the game and I didn't think it was fun. Mm -hmm. It was I might as well have been playing Destiny. Honestly, the the, the rounds or the uh, the things I played, um, it was confusing to me because there wasn't much guidance. And I understand that maybe had it been in the context of the larger game, I would have had more of an understanding of what I was doing. I understand that, uh, but for me, it just wasn't fun. And so I think if you if enough people out there played it in the demo phase like I did, that's really going to sour sales. Because for me, if it was $20 right now, I probably still wouldn't pick it up because I just didn't enjoy it. 
Yeah. It's not that it's it's not that I have a vendetta or it's a or it's terrible technically or whatever. It's just it's not the kind of game that I want to play because it's it felt boring. Yeah. Mm. I have little to no experience with this game. I have been so incredibly turned off by it. Um, between my experience with Destiny and my experience with uh, Andromeda, yeah, like I feel like it's some weird in between of the two, and I just I'm not interested in yeah. that type of game, like you've said. And I really hope that people that did play the demo don't end up buying the game and think it's going to be better. You know, I hope that the sales show. Did Kevin buy it? I have no, no, I think I have, he canceled no idea. his pre-order. Oh. Because I think he was going to buy it and then saw what was happening and yeah. he didn't. He was more enthusiastic than me, so I was yeah. wondering what his take would have been. But well, that's, Dave was really interested in it, too. I think so. Did he end up getting it? I don't know. Dave, let us know if you got it. I can just text him and ask him. So here's the th- the the thing that I was wondering about overall well not wondering but hearing is i've seen a lot of take like the the take that i keep hearing over and over again is that they created a game that was like destiny but it's like they created it i think the literal quote i saw a headline was in a vacuum Uh like they didn't see the complaints or the things that went wrong with the division or destiny and they just made this game based on a color by numbers of what these types of games should be with their own twist on it. Of right. Course. Right. So it just, it's so odd to see Bioware, right? This once visionary, super creative studio made amazing experiences like Knights of the old Republic and mass effect trilogy. And now it's like, okay, they created this game that, they just were like, okay, for these lifestyle games, we need loot. We need uh, raids. We I don't know if it has raids, actually. We need loot. We need leveling. We need armor and gear. And Right. They're just following the formula. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, why? What happened that it was... They weren't able to take into... The, the fact that they it's like they built this game with blinders on... Right. Doesn't make any sense to me. It's just not Bioware. It's not innovative... Um, it doesn't. It doesn't feel right for their style. It's not the kind of game that they're used to making. I think, and so they probably had some outside pressure um, from the you know the publisher. Uh, they almost definitely had some monetary uh, monetary pressure, you know, to make some money, especially after the disaster. Critically, at least, that Andromeda was. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, how much of, excuse me, how much of Bioware is even Bioware anymore, though? True. You know what I mean? Like, who's to say that just because it has that name, that it's anything as to what it used to be? Yeah. You know what I mean? It's it's interesting. uh, In Blood, Sweat, and Pixels, Jason Schreier's book, they talk about the development of Dragon Age Inquisition. EA has had a pretty major impact on the studio. Yeah. And it's also, it's curious to me that every single time you hear about a Frostbite game, when you hear behind the scenes, mm-hmm. they talk about how hard it was to make a game in the Frostbite engine. Yeah. And you have to wonder if, like, that's part of the reason why this game wasn't actively changed. Yeah. Or why some of the weird backwards, like, 
can't change weapons, can't do this, this and this. It's because Frostbite is still some for some strange reason. EA is like, this is our engine. We want everything to be on it. I get it. Licensing. It's not cheap. Probably spent a ton of money. Yeah. And they spent a ton of money developing it. But what point do you say this is not working out anymore? Right. Uh, And maybe it's just isolated incidents. You know, I've never heard many stories about developing on other engines. So maybe every other engine is just as difficult in some sense. Yeah. I know you I know you have perspectives from developers who love this that the, this engine or that engine whatever. Um but you know d- just because this one's bad doesn't mean other ones are necessarily going to be easier or better. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting now related unrelated Nintendo is making a game yeah. with the Unreal engine. Yeah. Yoshi. Yoshi's uh crafted world is being made in Unreal. Yeah. Which is just extremely interesting to me it sounds weirder than it probably really is (laughs) i'm wondering if it's like they are this next yoshi game they're trying to save some money yeah on it by doing this i mean i don't even know who's developing whether it's a internal nintendo studio or someone they're farming it out to somebody i can't imagine it's gonna okay it's nintendo so it probably is but i can't imagine it's gonna sell that well it'll do fine yeah you yeah. know what i mean it'll it's close enough it'll you do know a couple mil yeah, yeah sure, i mean nintendo yeah yeah so so yeah anthem i don't even really know where to end off on it yeah, other it's just than like two dead ends in a row i don't know? think <laughs> you're gonna hear much about it for long yeah they're gonna do they're gonna do post-launch support they're gonna do a you know basically a roadmap of their their stuff for the rest of the year the next year whatever but i don't think you're gonna hear it being like a comeback story well what i'm wondering is that if it's gonna get the fallout 76 syndrome where you're seeing it bundled twice in a box and you know all these stores are just trying to push these copies yeah you know uh, i've seen on reddit like boxes of game guides for fallout 76 like boxes yeah where they're just like trying to get what desperately to get rid of them like it was a store that was like buy these thumbstick covers get a free copy of fallout 76 yeah yeah and i'm like that's bad that that's like some of the worst shit that i've ever seen happen to games as far as like initial price drops you know what i mean i just got to put it out there that anthem on opencritic.com which we contribute to but we did not on this game is currently at a 60 that's that's worse than last time i looked at it three points lower than crackdown three yikes yeah so here's a question ea notorious for chopping studios right is bioware next don't don't they have dragon age though they if did announce they Dragon did, Age. They already, coming, they already yeah. teased it. I don't think they could chop that. Fans uh, will be pissed. They have canceled games before that people were pissed about. So I don't know. They've canceled games before, and they have other studios that they could transfer the yeah. transfer it over to. Damn, dude. You have to imagine that Dragon Age, if it's, that it's very much like if this game isn't a hit, <clears throat> yeah. you guys are done. Or at least the leadership is going to be cleared out of, yeah. of Bioware. Whatever. I don't know, though. Yeah. I mean, I don't really know how. It's so hard to predict how a, a publisher decides who to chop and who not to. Right. But if you look at. It's all about money. Honestly. Like visceral, you know, like. If you look at uh, Andromeda uh-huh. and now this, I wouldn't say this is as bad as Andromeda. You have to assume they spent a lot more money on this game, though. Yeah, honestly. A lot more money. On oh, yeah. the marketing alone. 
Yeah. So. Yikes. Yeah. Hard to say. Yeah. I don't don't (laughs) even know where to go next. So let's let's end it there. Yeah. So if you didn't know, you can be a part of this show every week. I I am. Well, you can. I mean, I mean, the listeners. Are you talking to the listeners? Talking to the listeners. (laughs) You can be a part of the show. All you got to do is follow us on Twitter at Handsome Phantom and respond in one tweet. I put out a question every week. You follow it up and I'll, I'll read your answer here on the show. So this week's question was in one tweet. What's your favorite? Oh, wait. Nope. That's the wrong one. That's the one from the week before. Come on, dude. After years of waiting, <laughs> it appears Anthem is another flop for Bioware. Well, we just talked about this. We did. In one tweet, what do you think Bioware should do next? Dave Lambden writes in. He says, I know this is up to EA and not Bioware, but I hope they can support Anthem so it becomes the game it was supposed to be, like Massive did with The Division. Yeah. What is the game Anthem supposed to be, though? That's what I don't know. There's no identity to it. Yeah. I didn't. It, the identity, what it's supposed to be is a game that makes us money and is like something that's popular. That's like, that is perfectly put. Thank you. Just because it feels like Activision's like, hey, we need a destiny. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Look, or not look Activision, what, Electronic Arts. Yeah. Look what they're doing over there. Look at yeah. that. Look at <laughs> that. <laughs> Would you yeah. look at this? Yeah, you can copy my homework. Just change it a little. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know. Kevin Lucas says, a couple years ago, I'd say Knights of the Old Republic 3, but I don't think they're capable anymore. Ouch. He's right, though. Yeah. The gutted Andromeda, they gutted Andromeda to focus on Anthem, which they undercooked. Next is Dra- Dragon Age 4. I don't have high expectations. Inquisition was good, but immediately overshadowed by Witcher 3. That's true. Yeah. Um, he wrote two tweets. No, come on. It's and called in one tweet. It's called wow. in one tweet. Should I get, should I read it? I guess. I, I guess. We out here. This is the last time we have to make a permanent rule. If it's a second tweet from now on, it is not read. I'm making a statement here on the show. Yep. yep. It's February the 25th. What if it's a cliffhanger though? I don't care. Damn. I don't care. He says, honestly, Anthem was a good direction. I want to see them start a new IP and reevaluate and rebuild how they craft games without the glean of nostalgia for an established franchise. Kevin, you deleted your pre-order. Anthem apparently wasn't a good direction. Hmm. Well, bold, bold statement. Bold. No, he probably deleted his pre-order because of all the problems right now, and it'll be cheaper in two months. Yeah, good, exactly. Yeah. I'm going to buy it probably. Matt Riggs says it doesn't matter because after Mass Effect Andromeda debacle and now the lukewarm reception to Anthem, EA is probably going to shut them down like they did with every other awesome studio under their umbrella. He ain't wrong. He ain't wrong. I do think we will see Dragon Age from them. I I wouldn't be surprised if you heard about Dragon Age coming out and them being canceled very close to each other. Yes. Unless Dragon Age soars. I'll say, will they undercook Dragon Age just to cancel the studio? Hmm. Just push something out. Yeah. Adam Redding from the Super Best Friends Video Game Sleepover podcast says, just make a real Bioware game. Wink. Ouch. He he's not wrong, though. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Like, it's it's amazing how we can all I, I feel like I can clearly state the things that made Mass Effect the trilogy. Great. Sure. And how the two games they put out since then. Right. 
just have not well, been that. I guess Dragon Age Inquisition, but I've never been a Dragon Age fan, so I can't I can't really speak to that. I like Dragon Age, but it's not like I don't want another one necessarily. I'm fine with what I had. Philip A. Nyman wrote in. Come on, Phil. And I'll tell the whole story of this. He said, Knights of the, Repu- Knights of the Old Republic 3, and it has to be incredible. And I responded, I said, Phil, you don't need to tweet in because you're a, pa- you're a panelist on the show. And he said, I'm not going to be here. And I said, <laughs> I guess you're right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Boo Stewart, she says, they just need to do a do-over like a dozen times Bungie messed up Destiny until they get it right. Yeah, but you can only do that so long. They can only do it so long. And Destiny could Destiny had the time to do it over again. Right. Because they were the only right only kids on the block. That's what I was gonna say. How crowded is this market right now that if you don't get my attention, I'm probably not gonna give it to you later. Destiny also had the luxury of not being in the same market as Fortnite and Apex Legends. Yeah. So I think that she's right in that there. I don't want to say it's impossible that this game will never succeed. Sure. But. Well, we, would, we wouldn't have thought No Man's Sky would ever make any more money. Yeah. True. Well, but then again, I think we're going to end up pointing to No Man's Sky for the next eight years as the only example of the thing right. that worked. Yeah. So, they, got, they got turned around. Yeah. Finally, a glimmer of hope. Matthew Wiles says, I may be in the minority here, but I've enjoyed my time with Anthem so far, so far two days in. I'm sure that could change, but I've had fun. That's fine. You're allowed to have fun. Good for him. Yeah. I feel, I feel happy for him. And uh, yeah, I, honestly, I feel like if the three of us sat down, we all played together, I think we'd have a good time. Oh, yeah. Having a good time is different than a game being good, though. We've, we've had that discussion so yeah. many times. Yeah, for sure. So we got a writing question this week okay. to close out the show. This comes from a user over at our Discord, which if you'd like to join, just go to handsomefam.com slash Discord. Um, the name is Rigby1. Uh, they say Crackdown 3 was arguably in development hell for years and released with mixed reviews. What's the best game to ever survive a development hell? I honestly don't know how to respond to this one because I'm trying to think of... Obviously, we know of tons of games. Actually, I've got a good answer. Let's say... Does it say Kingdom Hearts? Kingdom Hearts. Wow. Was that development hell? That's, or was it just a long development? That's true. There's what a big a, difference. What about the newest Final Fantasy? Final Fantasy 15. That I, I feel like that was a development hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because it clearly, like, if you watch the <laughs> original trailers, <laughs> yeah. it's a completely different game. By the way, <laughs> that is Rybig 1. Rybig. And that's Ryan Welch. Ryan Welch? Yeah, from the uh, Game Octane. We met him in E3 at the Ubisoft press conference. Okay. He's a good dude. The photo is not, does not match No, up. it is somebody from SNL. <laughs> I think okay. it's a character from SNL. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Rybig. Rybig. Rybig one. You should definitely check out Game Octane and Ryan over on Twitter. Cool. So, yeah, I want to say about Final Fantasy 15. I think Final Fantasy 15 is a mostly fantastic game. He has to say, did it rise from the ashes, though? That's what I'm wondering, because I had very limited experience with it. I think it has a lot of missed potential, but it also is better than any right it has to be for all that it went through. So uh, the question is, what's the best game to survive development hell? Yes. Because we've had a ton of games that have survived development hell, still made some money. But yeah, what's the best game? That's there's a there's some ones back on the the early gen consoles like Nintendo, Super Nintendo, that era that went through some serious troubles. I can't 
place any stories right now, but I've heard some crazy ones that what? you'd be surprised at how many copies they sold after how long it took. Yeah. What about like post development though? Because if I'm thinking about like post development, I'm thinking about No Man's Sky. Yeah. Imagine working through the literal shit storm and hate yeah. of the entire internet. It was like fun to shit on no man's sky yeah and then you know having the the will and the money honestly and like whatever to push through it and turn a game that was seemingly dead end around completely almost you yeah. know for me when i think of development hell this does not apply to this question necessarily but uh i always think of duke nukem forever yeah i think boo responded and said that oh yeah Okay, I have really bad tastes, or not tastes, maybe, but when it comes to games that are, like, taking forever, Duke Nukem was one of my favorite franchises as a kid. Same. Um, Waited forever for Duke Nukem Forever. Played that at PAX in 2011. That was still a while before it came out. Um, That's when they still allowed Booth Babes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yikes. Yeah. Uh, Then, and... um, I say that because it's very directly related to Duke Nukem Forever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then if Crackdown. Any, if, I, if any booth would have them, right. it would be the Duke yeah, Nukem like booth. They make a special exception yeah. for Duke Nukem. Yeah. And then Crackdown I waited for forever, and it took forever and came out. But, I mean, I still liked both of those games. I didn't think either of them should have been game of the year, but no. fun is more important sometimes. I'd like to make a definitive answer Okay. Now oh to, yes. to the question. The best game to survive a very bad development hell is The Last Guardian. Mm, And it clearly went through development hell. It shows, and that is an extremely flawed game. But it's one of those games that I'm so thoroughly glad that I played and has left an impact on me that I will never forget. Well, you didn't like it, did you? I did, and I didn't. Okay. That's the thing. I guess I've only ever heard the negative from you about that game. Like, playing that game made me want to pull my hair out and scream. But by the end, the... The, the way they were able to capture that relationship between Trico mm-hmm. and the boy was something extremely special. Right. That I don't know if has ever been done before. Right. And so I'd recommend suffering through it, if that makes sense, <laughs> for that, um, that specialness in it, there. It hey, I have an update. Yeah. Uh, I asked Dave, did he get Anthem? Yes. He said no. Oh. Well, everyone's backing out. Canceled. Damn. Well, boys, that's it for this show. Brandon, did you enjoy being back? I did. Back in the USSR. Feels good, man. Feels real good. Feels real good. To be sitting in these BDSM leather chairs. <laughs> mm. Well, that's why they're easily wipeable. You know, you wipe right. them off if you Dude, need this to. Dude, this is like the casting couch. You know, the leather casting couch, man. I don't well, think so. It's like three leather casting couches. Very small ones. For three different situations yeah you could say this is the, <laughs> <laughs> this is the hp podcast as i mentioned earlier it's from handsomefandom.com it's a really cool website that has tons of content we really would appreciate if you went there checked out the different stuff that we put out every weekday it means a lot we've got a review coming this week that ben's writing where ape out ape out and there's going to be a video review as well. So make sure to check that well, out. Well, score be? We still don't know. We, still, we were talking about it <laughs> yeah. earlier. We don't, we don't have a clue. Well, we have a clue. It's, get, it's getting cooked up. Um, we have T-shirts. 
If yes. you want to head over to handsomephantom.com slash shirt or just go to handsome phantom, the, the it's right like on the main page. You can find the link. Um, that'd be great. You can also shop on Amazon. Anything you want to buy on Amazon, um, you can buy. And we will get a cut of it if you use our link, which is handsomephantom.com slash Amazon. We get a couple pennies. You don't pay a penny more. And Jeff Bezos gets screwed. We always say a couple pennies because it's easy to say, but I want to be clear. It gets, it's actually it's not a ton of money, but it is a very helpful amount of money. It depends on how much you're spending. So it's yeah. a percentage based. And it depends on how many items are sold a month. It's more complicated than we have time to go into. But if we sell like three items, we're going to make like 4% on whatever you're buying. If we sell like 12 items, we jump up to 6%. So like it definitely adds up. If you're going to buy like a Maserati on on Amazon, Damn. we're going to make some money. Wow. Yeah. If you're going to buy a $12 item, we still will make under a buck. But yeah, that's a buck. Yeah. And it also depends on categories and it's there's no predicting it. Dude, no. we got to we got to take it easy on Jeff Bezos. He's going through a lot right now. He is. You know, his nude pics potentially getting leaked. Wow. You know, the wifey being the new the new ex-wifey. That's being one yeah. of the most wealthy women in the world now. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Well, poor Jeffy. Did I mention did I forget anything other than we talked about the Discord already? Yep. We've been talking in there all the time. So you're going to want to come hang out there. Uh, it's a fun time. Uh-huh. So be there. Am I missing anything else? I think that's it. That's it. Until next time. We'll see you guys later. Bye. bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress. Instead of perfection, you don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold.